following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Good morning. Um, before we get it started, um, I'm not sure if, if you're not a kid in school, that uh, whether or not you know that Thanksgiving is this coming week. The kids know because they only have to go to school for two week, uh, two days, and, and then they're off uh, pastoring me all day long. Um, so, But what that means to me uh, more than the commercials changing on TV is that uh, the season of Advent is coming. Uh, Christmas is on the way. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, Christmas sneaks up on me every year. It's just you're happy and watching baseball in the summer, and then poof, it's snowing and Christmas time. Um, and this this year, I really don't want to waste the season of Advent, uh, which is the anticipation, uh, looking forward to Christmas. Um, so this year, I have decided that I'm going to use a daily Advent devotional reading thing book I think it's called a book I'm not very apparatus yeah I'm not real good with books so um, uh, no we do have an advent calendar at home but it's a little different than this book uh, so anyway this is a this is a book called come let us adore him <coughs> adore him um, by Paul David Tripp and what I want to do is I don't want to waste the Advent season for myself, and I don't want you to either. So what I'd like to do is invite you to join me in, in a daily reading of this book. I'm not going to call you up and read it to you, but I would invite you maybe to consider buying this book. It's on Amazon. You can have it in a couple of days. Um, and it's not terribly expensive. And it's got a daily reading for Advent and uh, Paul David Tripp is an author, a speaker, a writer, whatever, um, a very gifted man. So uh, I would invite you to, to join me in that. Uh, Come let us adore him, a daily Advent devotional by Paul David Tripp. Okay, so I'm not selling books. I have no sponsorship here. So uh, anyway. Uh, sure. Yes, there is a, a thing with the stuff. Yep. Kindle, Kindle electronic version? Sure, you could have it before service is over. Um, anyway, well, we are back in Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 6 and 7 as we race right through the book of Colossians. That's page 984 in the Pew Bibles. Um, and as you turn there, I want to consider a few questions. Um, Colossians 2, uh, verse 6. Uh, how many of you would consider yourself goal-oriented people? Like uh, you, you set a goal and maybe even outline some steps. Is only Joel. He's the only one. Okay, there's a few more. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's at least one that lives in my house, so I need to see more hands than that. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, and I, I will uh, ask you to be bold. Would any of you consider sharing some of those goals, your, your goal? 
Awesome. So far, so good. Wonderful. Anybody else who want to share a goal that they've set? To never speak in church? <laughs> never hear your voice outside your head. Stephanie. Yeah, wonderful. Very good. Linda? <laughs> ah, yes. That's good. That's good. Anybody else, John? Awesome. Praise the Lord for that. Wonderful. I see a hand with no head back there in the back. Denno. That's your goal is to survive the play. Excellent. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you. A couple more? Kevin? That's a wonderful goal. Wonderful goal. <laughs> We're going to work on setting goals together as a family. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, we've got... No, I want to hear your goal. Somebody write it down to remind me what it is later. Absolutely. Yeah, another degree finisher over there. Wonderful. Um, I'm not going to speak about that goal. It's great. Good. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. Last week in our study, we talked about soul prosperity um, and how the Lord has some goals for his church. And in order for... Um, uh, has some goals for his church in order for the church, uh, our souls, to prosper. Um, one goal in particular. Do you remember what it was? All right, so now we have all a new goal is to listen closely and try to remember. Uh, it's, it's not fair because I didn't remember what I was preaching on until I opened up my book um, up here, but... Maturity, yes. All right, gold star, gold star. Your goals, everybody, to be like Deb. She remembered. <laughs> Excellent. The goal uh, for the the uh, maturity, the uh, one goal in particular, God has for His church. And I think that it's very tempting to take these little bites of Scripture and try to study them as if they stand all alone in, without their context. Um, but we're not going to do that today. Um, our, our text for this morning begins with therefore. And we all know the rule, all right? You can start with a therefore. You have to find out what is therefore. Uh, so, 
we are we are going to back up a little bit. I know I forgot to tell Sam to put it on the screen. So your goal is to find it in a paper Bible and read it for yourself. Um, so our, our text today is a conclusion of an argument that Paul began back in chapter 1, verse 15, believe it or not. Um, so I think it would be best to read that whole argument before we can truly truly appreciate its conclusion but we're going to stop and pray um, and then we'll dive in together let's pray father we thank you for the opportunity to be here together as a family this morning Um, we'll pray lord that your spirit would speak that uh, it's not just me rambling on but your spirit would speak to our hearts that you speak through your word. Um, God, may we understand the message that you have for us. May our hearts be soft to receive it and our ears open to hear it. Free us, Lord, from distraction now as we look to your word. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to go all the way back to chapter 1, verse 15. Mm. Uh, Paul writes this, speaking of the Lord Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them... God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea, And for all those who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, 
to reach the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you are taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Amen. Paul's argument, simply stated, was that Jesus Christ is divine, that Jesus is God, and he should be exalted as such, and through faith in him alone is found reconciliation to God the Father, the revelation of the mystery, the church, Christ in us, both Jews and Gentiles, and the believer's maturity in wisdom and knowledge. Those are only available in Christ. Now, therefore, as you receive that Christ, Jesus the Lord, continue to live in him. I think it's interesting, and this is just a, maybe a bunny trail, but the, when you see um, written in the Bible, sometimes you see the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes you see Christ Jesus the Lord. The problem is Greek does not have punctuation. And uh, so study this week uh, came to my attention that when you see it written, Christ Jesus the Lord, there's a comma that's missing. Uh, first of all, I want you to know Jesus' last name is not Christ. It's not like Jesus Smith, right? It's, it's not the last name. Christ, a title it means Messiah, the anointed one, God's chosen one. And when you see written, Christ Jesus, the Lord, it's not, well, you know, in, in this culture, the last name come first. So Smith, John, right? No, it should be Christ, comma, Jesus, the Lord, right? Because Christ is Jesus' title. He is the Messiah and is also the Lord. That's a whole nother declaration. Hmm. Anyway, maybe that's just academic. But for me, it changed the way I read this. Um, as you receive that Christ, Jesus, the Lord, so remain in him, walk in him, live in him, according to his way. See, far too often we prove with our lives that we believe that faith in Christ Jesus, the Lord, is the end. Like our whole life has been built up to this point where we come to faith in Jesus and we're saved. Ha! Huh. And now we can just float. But that's not it. Faith in Christ is not the end of our lives. It's sometimes life for some of us, was pretty fun before we came to Jesus. And then, no, no, life of faith, you got to follow all the rules, and it's a drag. Well, that's not, it's also not true. Life begins when we come to faith in Christ, not ends. Faith in Christ is not the final stop on our first, uh, f our faith journey. It's the beginning. 
Yes, everything worked together to bring you to that place where you give your life to Christ and accept his sacrifice on your behalf. But then, what? You're just, just waiting like we're sitting in, in God's waiting room for us to either die or for Jesus to come back. Now, that sounds like boring. I mean, how many of you like city waiting room and read those same magazines that have been there for six years or whatever? Now, this... That's not what life in Christ is like. It's not what it's supposed to be like. If it is like that for you, I pray that today is the last day is like that. In receiving Christ, Jesus the Lord, the Colossians had received two things. They had not only received the teaching about Jesus, like the correct instruction, some of the things that, uh, like Craig mentioned earlier, just doctrine, they had received those things concerning Jesus, who he is and what he did. But that's not all. And I think sometimes we get stuck. We just will like the teaching about Jesus. It helps us, you know, we know what his rules are and we live according to those rules. And so, therefore, our lives must be glorifying to him. Right? You sound like a fair statement? Well, your blank stare say. Maybe, but no, I'm not sure anymore. The Colossians had not just received the teaching about Jesus. They had received the person of Jesus himself through faith. Jesus personally lived within them by faith. Well, good for them, huh? You know, they're not the only ones that's available to These things that Paul wrote of were past realities for the Colossians. Just as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so live in him. Yep, got it. These are past realities. They're in the past tense. The Colossian church, they're already on the narrow way that leads to life. I believe that it would be a mistake uh, to continue on without challenging you to consider whether or not this is a past reality for you. Have you received Christ the Lord? Have you uh, trusted Him to forgive your sin? Have you trusted Him with the rest of your life, not just the past, but the present and the future? It's impossible to walk in Him if you have not received Him. You cannot walk in him if you do not trust him. And you cannot trust him if you don't know him. And he is available to us, to you. We must all acknowledge our sin before God, recognizing that our sin leads to eternal separation from him. But that God in his great love for us, while we were sinners, sent Christ to die for us on the cross. The cross Christ bears is a cross we deserve. And if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That's the beginning of our faith journey. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the beginning. That's the point where our journey begins. And maybe that was a long time ago for you. Maybe this not started yet. 
Maybe you thought you were on it, but maybe you're not. Well, you can know for certain that your journey has begun. And while it's true that everything that happened in our lives before we come to that point of faith in Christ is designed exactly for that purpose, to bring us to that place, to bring us to that point of faith, it's not the end of the line. I could tell you about my own story that I thought growing up in church and making sure it was that my shirt was always tucked in and I made it to Sunday school on time. My parents brought me to church and we sang the songs and we, we drank the little drinks and grape juice and ate the crackers, whatever that was for. And I did all of those things for a long time. But it's not until Jesus is a real person to you that your faith in him is not based on what somebody else did or does or made you do. For me, that didn't happen until I was in college. I thought I was all set. I was a leader in my youth group and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But my faith in Christ was not mine. It was, I don't know whose it was. It's just, it wasn't real. My trust in Christ was not real until I had nothing left. I was at the bottom of the barrel looking up. And God asked me if I, for me to be his and for him to be mine. And Christ is real, personal. Not just uh, checking the boxes. Anyway, that's when it began for me. But everything that happened before was not wasted. It was to bring me to that place. To say that just jumping through the hoops, that's maybe not a life of faith, but could be bringing you to that place where you know Jesus the person. Not just the facts about some guy, about the cross, about Christmas and Easter and all that stuff. But the man, the son of God, the real person. That's where my faith journey really began. My new life started over. And Paul, uh, Paul used a wonderful metaphor of a tree to illustrate the life that we now have been given through faith in Jesus Christ. It's unfortunate we've had this windstorm and there's so many trees knocked down because it kind of works against this metaphor. Um, but it's all right. Those trees were weak. We're not talking about weak trees. We're going to talk about strong trees. Um, so it gives us this wonderful illustration and at the same time, though it's a wonderful picture, it serves as a warning to us that receiving Christ will be of no advantage to us unless we remain in him and continue to live in him, remembering that the race is not, doesn't always go to the swift, but to those who keep on running. Not to mix my metaphors. We're not talking about runners. We're talking about trees. Um, thank you. You know me pretty well, don't you? So look at verse 6. 
Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The word rooted in verse 6 uh, uh, seven, I mean, for you uh, word nerds, you'll appreciate this. The word rooted is passive, perfect, and plural. Sound like a three-point sermon, but fortunately we don't have to worry about it. Past, pers- perfect, and plural. It's passive, which means it's something that was done for you by someone else. We didn't root ourselves. We were rooted by God. It's uh, so passive. We didn't do it. It's perfect in that the work is complete and continuing. It was done and it's done, but the, wor- the work is lasting, right? So you were rooted and you will stay there. Hmm. And it's plural also. Meaning, meaning that it refers to the church, to all of us, uh, not just to an individual. So it's passive, perfect, and plural. So who cares? What does that mean? It means that those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord, they are like trees planted by God by the water that send out their roots by the stream and do not fear when heat comes for their leaves remain green and they are not anxious in the year of drought for they do not cease to bear fruit. God has done this for those whose trust is in him. Not who's just acknowledge him as a reality but whose trust is in him. When we come to faith in Christ Jesus the Lord, when we receive him as Lord, we are planted like trees, planted by him and planted in him, sending our roots down deep to draw on the nutrients of Christ in the soil of his word and the comfort of his spirit and the fellowship with his saints. We have resources available to us. I just, I don't get how I don't see that all the time. There's so much more available to us. We worry about what's happened in our life and we get tired because we're so busy and we get stressed out because things aren't going the way that we ought to. And these affect us and our leaves start to dull and fade, and our fruit gets a little wrinkly, dried up. Why is that? Because we're trying to figure it out for ourselves and try to draw nutrients on our own strength 
and not in the soil. Our strength doesn't come from all of our great roots. Some of our roots are starting to show. This, uh, our strength comes from the soil that we're planted in. Because he who planted us knew what he was doing and where he put us. And when we draw strength from him and the nutrients of his soil, that's when our leaves do not wither and our fruits is still good because our trust is in him. When we, like trees, draw on the nutrients of Christ that are readily available to us, we will be built up in him. As it said there, built up in him. We will become immovable and unwavering and steadfast, not fearing when the heat of persecution comes, not anxious in the year of drought when life is just plain hard, because our trust is in the Lord. We don't wander off looking for different soil and different nutrients. We not wander into error. And like trees, we are to be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as we were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Paul knew that the Colossian church had been founded on the truth by the preaching of Epaphras. And he reminded the church of that teaching, that they had been taught the truth. Now, there are a lot of us here that have come from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different experiences, um, different churches, or maybe this is the only church you've ever been part of before. But we've all been taught by various teachers, various different things. And the only way to know if these things that we have been taught were true or false is how? By measuring them by the word of God. This is the only source of authority we have. It's God's word, the Bible. Paul said that the church was or would be established in the faith just as they were taught. Now, this idea goes beyond simply just saving faith. Um, the faith means the teaching of Christ and his apostles. God's word as we have it today, the Bible. Not just you are taught faith in Christ, right? It's the faith. It's how the God has designed life for us to live, to, to be lived. By God's grace, we all have access to the faith. Do you know that? All right? We can all own our own Bible or read it online or download the app. If you don't own a Bible, by all means, take one from the pew and take it home. It's yours. We all have access to the faith. And if you take a Bible from the pew, don't worry. We get more. They make more every day. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. It's like a tree planted by the water. That sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. 
But what is that fruit bearing? Well, in this context, as we're looking at this particular tree that Paul is writing about, the fruit bearing is to be abounding in thanksgiving. Hmm. Seems like a simple thing, abounding in thanksgiving, right? Piece of cake. But maybe there's fruit that we're neglecting here. I think this is very interesting. The word abounding, or maybe uh, in your particular translation you have overflowing or something like that, it means more than just a lot. Be really thankful. That's, it means more than that. So the kids can tell you this week is Thanksgiving, right? This Thursday, a time when our country pauses for a moment to be thankful for all we have, and it's great. And then we overstuff ourselves with turkey and squash, or just squash if you're me. And that's wonderful. And then the next day we go and celebrate materialism by trampling each other to get all the stuff we don't think we have. Anyway, I would suggest that the season of Thanksgiving, not Black Friday, but the season of Thanksgiving, merely brings people up to the absolute base of where we as believers in Jesus Christ should be. The baseline. The word abounding or overflowing means considerably more than is expected. Considerably more. Now, we, the church, believers in Jesus Christ, should be considerably more thankful than people expect. Overflowing with thankfulness. And there's only one way that we can attain that. There are a lot of people in this country this week that are going to be thankful for a lot of different things. But they don't really know who they're thankful to. Maybe they recognize the Lord at work. Maybe they recognize, I don't know, the veterans or fighting for freedom or something or pilgrims or Abe Lincoln. I don't know. But we can only be considerably more thankful than is expected when we recognize that God, our Father, is at work in all things, whether we perceive them as good or bad. There is only one way to be abounding in thanksgiving, to be considerably more thankful than people expect, is when we recognize that God is at work in the good and the bad. After all, who's not thankful for good things? All right? It's only crazy fool Christians that are thankful in bad things. That's the truth. Because to me, that's an opportunity for the gospel. When we're thankful for things that are bad, I lost my job, my house burned down, whatever, whatever it happens to be. When we are thankful... When people don't expect it, what does that say? It says that we're either crazy, and we probably are, but that there is more, and we recognize that there is more going on than just God must be happy because good things happen. He must really like me today. When something good happens to you, 
What do you say when people say, hey, congratulations on the new house or the new job or the raise and pay? Well, God's good. Uh-huh. Well, what happens when bad things happen? Is God still good? Always. And it's when we recognize that, that our abounding in thanksgiving is an opportunity for the gospel. Therefore, as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, remain in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you are taught abounding in thanksgiving. So that we will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Everything that we need to grow deep roots and be built up and established like mature trees is right here in front of us. We have God's word. We have God's people. We have God's spirit. That's all we need to grow, to be mature trees. And it is all available to every single one of us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful that you have provided such abundant resource for us in your word to know you, to know how to commune with you, to know that we are not alone in following you, but that we are in it together as a family. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to know the person of Christ, Jesus the Lord, that through faith in him, your spirit will come and live inside of us and walk with us so that we are never alone. God, we can't ever thank you enough for that. And I pray if there's any here this morning that um, faith in Christ is just a dry ritual, I pray that you would personally introduce yourself to them and that they would put their trust in you so that they would know the Lord Jesus. May we all celebrate the past reality of having received Christ Jesus the Lord. And may our abundant, abounding, overflowing thankfulness preach the reality of the love of God in Christ Jesus to our neighbors and friends and family and co-workers so that people will know that you're alive and you're well and you live within your people and can, by faith, live in them. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.